up here and said I was kin to whispering Bill Anderson. <laughs> I've not got one of the big booming voices, so I got to get pretty close to the mic. Well, tonight I want to talk to you about some scripture that's normally said during a funeral, but it's it's really much more than that. It, it, it's not just about the end of life; it's about life itself. And when we read the 23rd Psalm, we often picture David, which is the author, as a young boy without a care in the world, laid back in some tall grass next to a cool, clear-running stream. The sun warms his skin as a gentle breeze dances in the tree limbs and cools his body. And the sound of the bubbling stream and the squeak of the grass being grazed by the fatted sheep uh, lullabies him into an afternoon nap after eating his sack lunch. But David actually wrote this later on in life, um, possibly when his son Absalom was chasing after him, trying to kill him and steal the throne from him. <clears throat> you see, David was reflecting back on the hardships of his life, and he was reflecting back and each time he'd went through a hardship, he could remember God getting him through that, God carrying him through that, God protecting him. And, and that's why it is for us mature Christians. On a Wednesday night, most of us in here are basically mature Christians. And, you know, we've been serving the Lord for a little while, and we can look back and we can reflect on all the times God has been that shepherd in our lives. You see, David, when he was reflecting back... He, he was reflecting back, and God was there when, as a boy, a lion attacked the herd. He was there when a bear attacked the herd, and both times David protected the herd with his bare hands. That's my kind of guy right there. And he reflected back when God was there when he faced a 10-foot giant, this killing machine named Goliath. And yes, he was even there at the woodshed when David got in trouble with Bathsheba and even had her husband killed. Allow me to open up Scripture tonight. I want to be in Psalm 23, of course, and I'm just going to read the whole thing and then go back and break it down a little bit. I've... You'll probably quote this, but I told Miss Massey tonight I'm going to be in the NIV, and so I won't be in the New King James Version. And so we, we start off in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Father, I just pray tonight as we open up your scripture that you would open up our mind, heart, and soul. And with all of our strength, may we serve you, Father. I pray for guidance of the Holy Spirit, and I just pray that your words 
are heard tonight, Father, not mine, but yours, Father. And I just pray that as we get into your word, that if there's somebody here tonight that just needs to hear these words, I just pray that you would lay it upon their heart. If there's somebody here tonight that doesn't know you, that doesn't have salvation, Father, I pray tonight will be the night that they are born again. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So as we go back and rewind a little bit back into verse 1, uh, it starts off with Lord. And I don't know about y'all's, but it should have Lord in all capital letters. And that's pretty special because Lord's not always in a capital letter like that. And what that means is that saying he's the Jehovah. He's the Yahweh. He is the great I Am. That's when Moses met God for the first time he introduced himself he said I am I am Yahweh and if you think about that the almighty think about the almighty being your shepherd and just reflect on that as we get into our scripture so what is a shepherd y'all feel free to answer what what, what is a shepherd Yeah, in charge of sheep, the whole herd. Right. Yeah. You know, and what's a shepherd do? They feed you. They water you. They protect you. They keep you from danger. If they see danger coming up, they protect you from that. Um, they even doctor you a little bit when they get hurt. You ever had to doctor one of your horses? Yeah, yeah, we care for them. Because the Lord is our shepherd, we lack nothing. You see, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. I want to just pause right there for a minute. I want you to think back. It's pretty easy to look around at people that's got way more stuff than we do, and we think, man, I don't have anything. But I'll truly, truly think back just for a minute. Since you've been a believer, have you ever really lacked anything that you needed? I was working on this just here before the church started, and, and God has always come through. I've never obviously starved to death. I've always had water, house over my head. He's provided every need, you know. I've come up with some, against some tall obstacles I thought I couldn't get through. And looking back, God carried me through that. That's kind of one of them deals where there's one, one set of tracks in the sand kind of thing. He's always come through. In verse 2, it says, He makes us lie down in green pastures. Um, I don't know a whole lot about sheep. I had to study this a little bit. And I found out that sheep will not lay down unless they're full. They lay. If they're hungry, they won't lay down. So you think about that. He makes them lie down in green pastures. If they're laying down, their bellies are full. But what are they laying down on? What sheep eat? They're laying down with a full belly on this abundance of satisfying grass. That's got to be comforting for the sheep. And then he leads us beside the still waters. Another inter interesting fact about sheep is they won't drink out of moving water, noisy water. They like, it to be, they like it to be still and quiet. Sometimes if there's 
not any of that quiet water. Sometimes the shepherds leave and kind of build up a little dam there so the water pulls up where they can drink. And that good shepherd will lead them beside that quiet, still water. He's taking care of, care of them. Food, water. He refreshes my soul, not only physically with food and water, but spiritually as well. In verse 3, he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. I'm wearing his brand. He's got me branded. He's guiding me along that right path for his name's sake. Because he has a reputation of being the good shepherd. He's not just a good shepherd. He's the good shepherd. Now, he doesn't drive us down these paths like, a, like you see these cattle drives in your favorite western movie. It ain't, it ain't like a cattle drive because you can't drive sheep, I've learned. They don't drive. Yeah, they just scatter. You have to lead them. They respond to your voice. You get so close to them, they hear your voice and they come. Thank you for sharing that illustration. That's, that's pretty neat. That'd been a sight to behold. Yeah. Do you is, keep in touch with him today, or is he? No, no. Oh, okay. I can't, I can't believe John would do something like that. <laughs> Amen. Thank you for sharing that memory. <laughs> and she was a pet and a pet. But 
Amen. Wow. It's pretty neat. Thank you, guys, ladies. Um, yeah. So, like they said, you don't drive the sheep, you lead the sheep. And isn't God like that in our lives, a gentleman that ain't, he ain't pushing us? He's going along, and we follow him. Uh, moving on to verse 4. Uh, we can walk through the darkest of valleys in our life. And not fear the evil that surrounds us. Amen. You know why that is? We don't fear the evil that's around us because nothing is more powerful than our shepherd. Nothing even comes close, and we have him looking over, protecting us. All the, you know, that says that your rod and your staff they comfort me. All the predators feared that rod that he carried because if something come close. He's going to whack them. Whatever he needed to do to protect his loved flock, he would do. And then he would also use his staff to help. Each night he'd bring them in to kind of a pen there. And each night he'd bring them in and he'd kind of use that staff to kind of guide and direct them. And as they come in through that staff, he kind of made like a little lane for them to come in. And he would examine each one, make sure they didn't have something, you know, in their hoof or uh, eating some kind of poisonous grass hanging out of their mouth and make sure one wasn't limping or cut, whatever. He'd examine them daily. Yeah, we, we've needed a time or two in our life, hadn't we? And then verse 5 here, it says, uh, as, as we read this, I, well, let, let me just read that. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Of course, I wasn't thinking about this before, but now you got me thinking about that sheep coming in when y'all was eating at your table. But you think about that. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. You know, back in those days, that could have been talking about like a, a table, like a plane, like a plateau that they would all end up at at the end of the evening and have like a rock wall around it with one opening. And that shepherd would lay right there in that opening, protecting anything from going into the fold. That shepherd protected them all night long. And... The sheep would go in there and eat, frolic carelessly with the wolves, whatever predator it was, sitting there watching. It, you know, But the shepherd didn't have a care in the world because it, or the, the sheep because they were protected by the shepherd. I think about David and his men. When David was reflecting when he was writing this, you know, we can look back and read through David through, all throughout David's life. I mean, look at how many times King Saul tried to take his life. And every time, God protected David. Every time. Every battle he would go in, Saul tried to kill him, putting him in the, in the lead of these battles. And David just kept coming out a conqueror, hero. And I can just see 
David and all of his men just being blessed right there in front of the enemies. You know, Saul, I mean, Saul was so enraged and he would chase him. The longer he'd chase him, the harder he'd chase him, the madder he'd get. He just never could quite get there. And he almost got to him. They was on one side of the mountain. They was on the other, other side. They just about to meet. And Saul got called away. He had to go back home. And, it, you know, God was protecting David. Not only that, but he was anointed. He was anointed with, you know, oil is a sign of a blessing. David was blessed till his cup overflowed. make God to be a little bit smaller than he is I do anyway and David ends the psalm he's looking forward into eternity with our last verse here in verse 6 it says surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever David is comforted in the in the security of his salvation David's thinking about his salvation and the security that he has. And he's looking into the future. You know, even though his life had been blessed, all of his life had been blessed, David's thinking about the future. He's thinking about heaven. And... Even though he'd been on good pasture his whole life, there would soon come a day when he went from the pasture into the house. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And could you imagine being in the house of the Almighty and dwelling forever in his goodness? Tonight, as we close, I want to take you to John chapter 14, verse 2 and 3, the words that Jesus said. It says, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that. But I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me that you also may be where I am. Now I want you to think about that. Think about God's goodness and, and things that He's created here on this earth. I've never been to Hawaii, but people that went there told me that's about as close as you can get to heaven on earth. And I can go some places in Arkansas. I'm pretty easy. I can go some places on my land and just look at the tree, the sky, the animals, and everything else and just sit in awe of God's creation, you know, and look at people. And the Bible says he done all that in six days, folks. Six literal days God done all that. Now, since Jesus left, that's been about 730,000 days over that. So could you imagine that place he's working on, preparing you, how awesome that's going to be? Wow. Folks, that's something to look forward to. And I just want you to remember this little statement here tonight. The best is yet to come. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you tonight that we do have 
hope and assurance and one day spend an eternity, eternity with you in your house, Father. How awesome and incredible that may be. And I just pray that that brings joy into our heart, a smile on our face, Father, a tear to our eyes, Father. It just touches us so much. I just pray that as we think about that, we think about maybe some others that are lost in our life that wouldn't be part of that, Father. May that be the fuel that fires us up to tell people about your love and what you've done for them, Father, because you do love them. They don't have to do a thing for you to love them. You love them unconditionally, Father. And I just pray that we would all see that tonight. And I just pray that we'd understand that the best is yet to come. Even though we're going through hard times right now, Father, the good times will come. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for being here tonight. Be safe going home, and God bless you.